I would like to thank my sponsors, Maggie Flores with Southern Blues Boutique and Jessica Espinoza with Jessica's Crafty Creations. They both can do some very nice work. So y'all go like and follow their page and please support small businesses. What's going on, man? Yo, what's up, Levi? Not much, man. You been awesome. doing all right? Yeah, man. I can't complain. Thanks for having me. How you doing, good brother? Uh, I'm good, man. All right, want to welcome, want to welcome everybody to episode 38 of Levi's Youth Sports Talk. And today we got somebody. Man, I hope I don't mis- mispronounce where you're from. Aliquipa. Aliquipa, Pennsylvania. Aliquipa, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Went to the high school there. He just recently got selected to coach the U-Triple-S-A Georgia All-State Games. He's the head of the organization Phoenix Fire Softball, and he's from Lithonia, Georgia. I want to welcome everybody, Bryson Scott, to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, everybody. Thanks for having me, my man. All right, man. So, um, you know, just uh, start off by talking about your upbringing, you know, uh, what sports you played growing up and uh, college, if, if, if any. Oh, absolutely. Um, born and raised in Aliquippa, Pennsylvania, um, Steel Mill City. Um, a lot of people, you know, may be familiar with it through uh, Darrell Revis, uh, the likes of uh, Ty Law, Sean Gilbert, Mike Dicka, Tony Dorsett, um, just, a, you know, Pistol Pete Maravich, um, even in there. Um, you know, growing up, really, you know, having sports is that guiding you know, direction to get out the type of conditions, you know, um, I was born up in, you know, of course, you know, pretty much like anywhere in the United States, you know, living in a, uh, uh, area where resources and jobs just weren't of abundance. So, you know, a lot of us play sports to really help us get out of there. And, um, I had coaches, you know, that really pushed us, you know, to the maximum of our ability to help us achieve those goals, you know, but of course some make it, you know, some don't, you know, so my mother actually being a part of the Aliquippa high school district, you know, I had a advantage, I guess you could say, but also a disadvantage because, you know, with my mom working in school, you know, of course, you know, when you're dealing with peer pressure and things of that nature, you know, at a young age, you kind of want to fit in, but you know, you know, that's not the direction that your mom or father wants you to go in, you know, being brought up in a single family home, you know, with just my mom, you know, she made sure that I was in programs, made sure that I always had a ball in my hands and made sure that I stay active, you know, to try to steer me as far away from the street dynamic as possible, you know, and pretty much it helped, you know, I would, I would play football, you know, in the summer after, you know, coming back from the University of Maryland and things of that nature. I was in a program from the age of 15 to 18, University of Maryland, pre-graduate studies, you know, programs that helped me take college courses before I actually got into college. So um, with the people that are listening now, always, you know, check your local market to see what college is, not only for softball or sports, but offer programs that your kids will be wanting to, you know, attend, attend, uh, you know, when they, when they go to school. Mm -hmm. So pretty much what I did, 
Um, I went to college, you know, after high school, and I just wanted something different. So I ended up enlisting into the United States Air Force, um, to, and that gave me a lot of discipline. It gave me a lot of structure. You know, it helped mold me into a, a person, you know, of direction. You know, it really gave me direction. So I got up out of there. I moved back to Pennsylvania. Then I moved to D.C., you know, for career choices and things of that nature. And then I ended up moving to Atlanta. So I've been in Atlanta for about, you know, 20 years now uh, in coaching okay. travel softball. Okay. And, um, like, how did you – get into the the whole softball thing um i got into the whole softball thing um i have you know four daughters um 16 15 14 and eight you know my oldest daughters they started playing sports uh put them in there when uh my oldest daughter was about six but it was soccer you know it was soccer and it was like for me at that age and no not to soccer because I think any kid, you know, playing sports or anything of that nature is keeping them active. Um, it just wasn't my wheelhouse, you know, and I was out there coaching her, you know, I still stayed out there, but um, I was like, man, this might not be my wheelhouse. So, you know, there was an area that I was residing in at the time, um, Archer, Georgia, right outside of the Kula, uh, winder and things of that nature. And, um, they had a softball program and, uh, my daughter got entered into this new field. Uh, I end up watching her play for a season. Next thing I know, you know, I went out there and uh, I got offered a coaching spot and I engaged in it. And what happened was um, my first season as a rec ball coach, I went six and oh, um, with, with kids that, you know, were at the beginning stages, you know, the foundation part of softball. And then I just saw that kids were taken to my style of coaching and I wanted to expand on that. So I end up probably coaching rec ball about two more years, which is equivalent to four seasons uh, down here. You know, we run about two seasons per year. And what happened was I wanted to elevate, you know, the levels of competition. And I found out about travel ball. And that's when I went into travel ball. Okay. And um, so once you once you hit travel ball, uh, what team or org were you on there at the time? Um, when I entered travel ball, the first travel ball uh, situation that I actually had was uh, through Archer. You know, Archer Tigers. Shout out to the Archer Tigers. Um, Glenn Clark, you know, uh, he gave me an opportunity to coach a travel softball team called Archer, Archer Extreme, actually. Uh, my first season was a complete bus, <laughs> complete bus. Uh, I didn't, and we didn't really know what sanctions to go under. And if, you know, people, you know, have different terminology from where they're from, sanction is like U-Triple-S-A. Yeah. PGF, USA, you know, ASA, USFA. And, um, man, I, I went into uh, USA, I believe it was. And these young girls, I'm looking at it. And I knew better because 
for me, I'm like, okay, going into sports, you know, you're never supposed to gauge something off of a, a person's height, size, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know what I mean? Especially with the David and Goliath theory. And uh, when it happened, man, I seen like 10-year-old kids like hitting balls over the gate to the <laughs> gate, you know, and that was my first eye-opener, you know. So I went through the season, man. Um I didn't win anything. I didn't win anything. All I knew is I just had the the inspiration and the motivation to keep going. It was a it was an uphill climb, you know, for me, you know, uh going out of state. I actually had a tournament scheduled in South Carolina. Uh imagine having a tournament scheduled in South Carolina, you don't win you know, the whole season and you're asking people to invest <laughs> in, in this tournament. And you like, man, I really don't know what's going to come of this. And we actually went up there, a uh, Top Gun tournament that was a sanction for the Carolinas. And uh, we actually played second place. So um, that was a tale of my first, you know, travel organization, my first travel team, you know, when I first uh, initially kicked off as a travel ball coach. Shot. Okay. Um. Like what? What is your coaching philosophy, man? Like you know, certain coaches do certain things. You know, not a lot of coaches do same things. And you know, like what's what's your philosophy? Philosophy when you're trying to develop these young softball players? Uh, great question. Great question. Actually, uh, one of my athletes just tuned in. Uh, the athlete that I was telling you about, Cheyenne Jenkins. Um, so she 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 just tuned in. I can see him in now just to give a heads up. Okay. Uh, my philosophy is gain the athlete's respect. Um, there are so many bridges to connect to these athletes. You know, I see some coaches, they have different techniques. They have different styles. You know, I can never say a coach is wrong for how they may convey their message or, you know, training regimens to their athletes, you know. Uh, mine is more so connecting with them through the ways of life, you know, connecting with them on their favorite foods, you know, their, their colors, who they're listening to music wise, you know, what, what their fashion sense is like. And uh, once you tap into those avenues, it gives them a level of trust, you know, as to where they feel comfortable with carrying out the drills that you may say, you know, of course, you know, you always going to have to set some fire, you know, under athletes that, you know, that may not be, you know, uh, performing to their highest ability. But in order to help that resonate with them, I feel like I had to learn how to tap into their innermost abilities and their innermost likings, you know, to be able to get the most up out of them. And it's been success. It's been successful so far. Like, do you um, like your, the, uh, the Air Force, right? You went to the Air Force, like, how much do that play in like factor like in your discipline go like toward like in softball? Uh very important. Um and not yeah. I think some people when they see it, you know, I've heard people ask, you know, why do you do that? You know, that's like, you know, control or you know, do you want them to just say what it is or do what it is that you want them to do? Uh no, this is for them. Um and the way it carries over. When you go to the Air Force, the Air Force teaches you levels of discipline on so many levels from how you project your voice when you're speaking in conversation, 
you know, how you give eye contact when you're speaking in conversation, chin up, chest out, displaying a high level of confidence, you know, because that represents your character. So pretty much what I do, you know, um, I have all of our girls before games, you know, they fall in and pretty much what that's jargon for is when you fall in, you're falling into a straight line, you know, fingertip to fingertip, and then you go into a, a rest position, you know, with your hands behind your back. And uh, pretty much what that's doing is that showing and displaying not only a high respect for themselves, but a respect for the directors, a, a respect for the umpires and a respect for the overall aspect of the game of travel softball. And when people, learn the meaning behind why I have them do that. You know, it's, it's a, it's a phenomenal thing because it's just helping them display the respects that they need to have to help them progress, you know, not only in softball too in life. Yeah. Yeah. And um, how, how many teams do you have like in your org right now? Uh, in the Phoenix fire travel softball club, we have three teams, uh, 12 U team, a 14 U team, in a 16U team and prep and prep and prep to get to uh, showcasing. Uh, this season, we're looking at having a 12U team, two 14U teams, and a 16U team that's in prep mode with uh, other, you know, coaches that are looking for opportunities to help expand the brand as well. Mm-hmm. And and like you know, being the head, you know, of or, of an org, like. How do you find time, you know, to balance yourself out between uh, all the three teams? Um, When you're balancing out, you know, I'm pretty much the head coach of the 16U team. Mm -hmm. Um, It's hard to be in all of those places at one time. You know, one thing about me, I always get full transparency and things of that nature. So what helps me is finding coaches who have that same vision, who have that same drive and who are receptive, you know, to the strategies that I feel or that I may suggest that has worked for me in the past. Um, Like, for example, we run this drill called the half moon. Um, The half moon is pretty much based with all of the players, 13 athletes, 12 to 13 athletes lining up along the outfield and field line. And pretty much what this does is it helps the girls with the fundamentals of getting around the ball, progressing the ball, uh, keeping your glove out front, how your glove should be relaxed out front when you're approaching a ball, going into a three-finger transition. Because a lot of girls, you know, they they may throw a ball with four fingers loose. They may throw a ball with four fingers deep. And it makes the throw a little bit inconsistent. So how I balance my time, you know, with that, is is pretty tricky it's like i'm there while not being there Mm -hmm. and a lot of the times you know when i see my girls when they're in practice mode you know i'll go ahead and approach them and ask them questions of you know what do you feel is missing what do you think could be better you know how are things going so that way i know how to communicate with those coaches so they can incorporate those things into the drills that they're going to be working on uh when moments when i can't be there with them Mm-hmm. So, um, a quick question, man. Like, how do you when? What is a situation that you call a bunt? Like, uh, and how often, like, do you get called bunts? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> um, uh, it depends on the strategy. So, for me, 
Um, I might call a bunt if I have a situation where I have maybe no outs or one out. I got a speed runner on one. I'm going to go into a show bunt, which means that I'm showing the bunt off of the prep of the pitch. What I want to do in those moments is I'm trying to pull third base down, depending on the levels, too. You know, um, 12U, you could touch on it. 14U, it gets kind of, you know, tricky because the advancement of what you're playing against is a lot better. 16U is almost kind of, you know, you know a, a no-go. Mm-hmm. But in a situation on a 12U, you know, I'm going to try to go into a show bunt you know, with no outs, one out, if I got a runner on one because I want to pull three down. If I pull three down and I got a speedster on one, I'm going to tell one, the objective of this bunt is to pull you over to three, even if we sacrifice that that bunter. So if I get you on first, when you're coming around second, I want you to see what shortstop is doing. I want you to see what third base is doing. If third base has crashed, and isn't backpedaling or showing some type of footwork to get back to three to cover three. And if shortstop doesn't uh, slide over to mm-hmm. compensate where third may not be playing, you come on yeah. straight to three. Mm-hmm. That's you know, aggressive on the bases, though. Yeah, we're very aggressive on the base path. Um, you know, we practice the delay still in the whole nine because – and it's not just doing it. It's not just being out there to do it. You know, I teach them, like, pay attention to the catcher's feet. You know, rock them to sleep. When you're stealing a bag, you know, don't just sidestep off the bag. Your back foot should be touching the dirt on the pitcher's release. And you have to sell it like you're going and then break down because what you want to do is pretty much try to rock that catcher to sleep. Once you see that ball is going back to that pitcher slow, and you're in between second base and third base, and if you rock her to sleep and she throws that ball back slow, you come on over to third. So just just being aggressive, you know, uh, we we teach, you know, them IQ, you know, uh, how many quadrants are on the base, you know, where should you be stepping on the base when doing a hard turn, what foot should you be stepping on the base with, you know, to help you get the most direct angle to the next base as possible. So, you know, that's how we run it over here, man. Okay, so you 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 big on on fundamentals, right? Oh, yes. Uh, we teach the fundamentals. The fundamentals are the foundation. You got the foundation, you build a strong home. You know, uh, even if the wind comes or anything that's trying to come against it to break it down, it won't be as successful when you got a strong foundation. You know, you're able to hold yourself together. Right, right. Man, like... Um... So do you do do you run your girls a lot? Yes, uh, we do. We do run a lot. You know, um, this past season, you know, we kind of got away from it a little bit mm-hmm. just due to some of our dynamics with our field situation. But typically on Sundays, I hold a speed and agility. You know, that's everybody that's in the club. They come out on Sundays. We go through a whole lot of, you know, drills that help them with speed, power. You know, we'll hit the hills. Uh, send them up, you know, sprints to help them stay on their toes, you know, uh, the balls or their feet and things of that nature. We do sprints. We do power outs, cherry pickers, uh, bear crawls, the whole nine. And this is, yeah, the reason why we do that like that is because a lot of people, they teach the game, you know, but we teach our girls to last throughout the game. Um, when you're out there at seven o'clock in the morning, 
you know, till about 10 o'clock at night, you know, that takes a lot of wear and tear on those young ladies' bodies, and not only physically, but mentally, too. Yeah. So, you know, we teach them and train them the overall psyche of locking yourself into a high level of com- competition and being a competitor and driving through. And the only way to do that is to eat right, to exercise, run, and work on your craft daily, you know, because when 7 o'clock comes, that's when the championship is there. That's the that's the big stage. You know, you mm-hmm. you win the tournaments at practice. You just go to the tournaments to pick up your hardware. So we're like you you never let nobody outwork you. You know, it, it it's been times where it's been six, seven o'clock in the tournament, and our opponents are saying, Man, they're not even tired. Like they don't even look tired because we're out there doing that when they at home, you know, watching TV and, mm-hmm. you know, maybe eating snacks, you know, and we let them feast out. We know we, we know they're kids, right. but you know, at the same time, you know, we, we also know, you know, in the reality of the whole plot, you know, it's other people who trying to get to the same spot that they trying to get to. So we're just really trying to help them, you know, separate themselves from the rest to help them, you know, break away to get, to increase their chances of getting to that ultimate goal of getting a free education. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's always the number one goal right there. Yes. That free education. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hey, you know, you know, man, they got, you know, I don't know what's like the main orgs, you know, over there in your area, but I know they got some pretty big ones like out there. So what made you start your own and not joining up? with some of the the known names in the organization in the softball world uh truthfully and and this is uh this is my true answer you know i started it because i didn't see a lot of african-american girls playing the sport Mm -hmm. um i didn't but i wasn't I, i wasn't starting the organization just solely for african-american athletes i didn't want to close the door to diversity but i wanted to introduce it to the community that i'm from um i would go to tournaments you know with my daughters and it just wasn't in it wasn't in abundance of us there and i said you know what i'm going to sacrifice my time I'm going to, you know, come out of the things that I want to do for myself. You know, I was doing music at the time and uh, I got on a tennis court, man. I didn't even have a field. I got on a tennis court and just God's blessing. About 12 girls came out and gave me that opportunity. You know, some black, some white, you know, it, it was all about the love of the game no matter where it was as long as there was somebody to you know train it and make their kid feel comfortable being trained uh I started it and uh it just came out and I just wanted to be I wanted to be different from the other big orgs of drafting you know studs as we call them out here which is like a high level Mm -hmm. a ball player i wanted to go with some of the girls that wasn't getting a chance because that was gonna really show my true ability of coaching you know and and if i could do this or not so you know that's pretty much why you know i had started the org Mm -hmm. so um you know let's let's talk about the you you know you being selected to the 
the U Triple S A to coach. Like, how how what like how was the feeling once you got that call or email or whatever? Um, the first time I got it was like 2019. I was in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Um, we really didn't have a good showing down there, and I was at a seafood restaurant, and I got the call. And at that moment in time, um, I needed that. I needed that call, man. I was I was through the roof excited mm-hmm. because that let me know that I had the the ability, the coaching ability. I had the personality that they felt was good enough to represent, you know, what they were doing with pulling kids from across the southern region and in Georgia, you know, to be able to showcase their talents, you know, amongst some of the best out here. So mm-hmm. when I got it this time, the reason why it was so significant for me was uh, my my organization that I had the first time, you know, end up getting disbanded, you know, due to some unfortunate situations and um, me coming back and being selected, you know, to coach this game again after three seasons of a revamped, you know, and rebooted organization that let me know that I was doing the right thing. So, you know, that was just confirmation to the first time that I got picked. Okay. Nice, man. Congratulations, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You know, uh, so like, uh, man, like how do you handle like players with positions? You know, you got, you got multiple players that plays the positions. Like how do you handle handle their playing time and like you know like just how do you make sure everybody get the reps that they needed the reps that they earned like how do you generate that into into your games uh great question uh how i do that is when they first come into the tryouts you know i take it into consideration what positions that they play you know but we all know you could start off in 8U, 10U as a catcher, first baseman. You can get to 12U, you might be outfield. You can get to middle school, you could be third base. Mm-hmm. You get to high school, you could be second base. You get to college, you, you mm-hmm. might be left field. What I do is I train our girls on a developmental status of knowing the whole game. There's only two positions each player should probably not be able to play and that's pitcher and catcher unless you start them out early other than that you're taking all of these girls remember how i said at the beginning uh we run this drill called the half moon Mm -hmm. this half moon is teaching each player how to fundamentally progress the ball get around the ball pluck the glove pluck the ball out the glove on a three-finger transition along with following through and staying in your arm slot So each girl has to do that. Then each girl, we work on the drop step, opening up. You know, I might say adjust. I want them to pivot off that back foot, almost as if you're a defensive back, you know, playing football. Because you never know with a 12 to 13 person roster who's going to get hurt. I don't really favor the pickup game, you know. So I have to train all of my girls to be ready for any position that I need them for in any unfortunate if any unforeseen event may occur and Mm -hmm. and how I do that is I might have a first baseman but when I'm talking to my first baseman I need second base shortstop third uh, left field center right field I need them all paying attention 
because they never know when they may have to go into those spots. And then it helps them increase their stock when coaches outside, like for special events that they go to, what position do you play? They can give them their primary. They can give them their secondary. But I want that also followed up wherever you need me to play, coach, you know, except for pitcher or catcher, if you're not a pitcher or catcher, because I firmly believe if they know the game, the positions that they say they play, it's all going to fall under the same scope, which is going to help increase their stock when they try to go to college. Mm -hmm. Right. No, yeah, I agree. I agree with the multiple positions. I always, you know, had told my kids, hey, you're not going to be stuck just playing one spot. So, like, mine, she, my, my, both of mine, I have, like, I have bigger girls. So, you know, I can't, my girls, you, you can put them at shortstop. They might know what to do, but I don't think that'll be a good decision for the team. <laughs> you, right. you know what I, I mean? Understand. So, so I, I got, I got, I got corners. I got some corners girls and, and you know they won my oldest one. She ten, and she starts. She she pitching too. So you oh, know awesome. that's that's the one thing that I do. So um, yeah. And so Cheyenne, yes, sir. Um, what's uh what what position do you positions do you play? I play everywhere on the field besides pitcher and catcher. I like that. I like that. You've been listening, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so what 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 makes you the player you are? By working no matter what and just having confidence in myself on the field and off the field and being encouraging to anybody else around me. Mm-hmm. Nice. How how do you handle like your know, pressure situations? If you're going up to bat and it's a full count with two outs, do you feel like the pressure or you just go up there and you just be like, this This what I live for. This what I live for. No, no like matter it. what, it's just stay calm and do what you know how to do. That's right. Mm, that's, <laughs> hey, that's, you own it. You own it. You're one of my top gunners. <laughs> okay, okay. What, what, are, what are your personal goals, you know, like each season? Do you, do you set, like, certain goals for yourself during the season? Yeah, most of the time it's like, the stuff that I struggle with every now and then and just to get more consistent. Okay. Okay. And like, like, how are you, you know, with the team? Are you a, a leader or are you one, you know, you, you go out there and you just like to handle your business and, and that's it. Oh no. I, I talk on the field. <laughs> I, I, I make you know. Like that. That's good. I got my kids like they real, they real shy, and I be trying to get them to talk. So now, nah, and and I know the softball game is. I mean, it's that's what make it easy is is your teammates, you know, out there telling you which play, where to play at, where this runner, you know. So that's that's good. That's good. What what makes Coach Scott a good coach? He pushes us no matter what, and he encourages us on stuff, even stuff we don't know how to do. He will show us not just by telling us, but showing us as an example. So he get out there on the field and and make sure y'all see it from him. Yes, sir. That's and that's that's good because you know a lot of coaches they just they like to say do this and do that and it's stuff that that they can't do. So um, going to the you know you have dreams you know of playing at the next level, like what what is your 
college, like your favorite college? FSU, most definitely. Okay, okay. You want to stay close <laughs> over there, right? Yes, sir. Hey, nay, nothing wrong with that. My 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 daughter, she she likes Florida, so she's trying to get that way. So, I you know what 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 advice you know being a, in the, in the older fourteen you what advice would you give like a a ten you player that just have the same dreams and goals as you work work all the time no matter what that's right mm-hmm. that's that's nice if if it's one thing that you always wanted to tell coach what what would it be. Mm-hmm. That's a hard one. <laughs> Probably just thank you. Thank you for anything. Because out of all of my coaches, he probably that I've ever had, he probably pushes me the most. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Cheyenne, I've I've always been, you know, trying to interview, you know, girls that are currently playing in the the younger groups and you know it's been i've i've been it's like me i've been you know struggling i've been you know not knowing like type of questions what to ask so you've been you've been my first one so i want to thank you for for you know being getting on the podcast Mm -hmm. thank you oh yes thank you thank you shy Mm -hmm. you're welcome (laughs) all right uh all right so um back let's um like how how are your how's your communications you know like um like with your players you know when when you know you can see them down you see that they might have been struggling a little bit so so give me like a good pep talk that you would give to one of your players that's in that situation um it's always inspirational you know it's always motivational you know sometimes you know you you one thing about these athletes these young athletes this is their outlet you know this their space this is where they come to express you know how they may be feeling whether they're happy whether they're in between or whether they're not so in a good position you know so it always has to come from an inspirational and motivational space after you do that and you gain the respect of these athletes you're able to get more personable with them so when they're not at their hundred percent, because everyone's hundred percent is not the same. Right. But they're at that when you're when you're saying that they're not at their hundred percent, you go into and, and, and when I say this, um, I'm speaking like from a perspective of me. You go into life. You know what would you do if you were aiming to get a home? If it wasn't going your way, would you stop? Would you keep going? Would you use your resources to get help? What if it was a car that you wanted, you know, and it wasn't going your way? Would you stop? Would you would you give it half, you know, the the effort or would you give it all of the effort until you accomplish it? And I just related to them in in life reason of what's going to be amongst them. You know, when college softball is no longer a. a a continuous sport in their life, you know, because eventually, you know, it's going to out, they're going to outgrow it. You know, it's only about eight to nine professional teams. So, you know, when I see them, you know, I'm more so trying to prep them for life, you know, as like a a mentor, you know, slash uncle, you know, I always put the coach part last, you Mm -hmm. know, because it is so much bigger than softball 
you know, for me and helping these young ladies, you know, get to where they're going and, you know, they, they resonate with it, you know? So even if I have to, we call it setting fire where it's like, you know, you can, you can say, come on, like, you know, we got to get that. I seen you get that a hundred times at practice. You know, you can bring me a hundred percent and then bring me an 89. Right. You, you, you still being inspirational and letting them know, you know, okay, you're not giving it the all that I know you haven't. I'm reminding them, but I'm also letting them know I'm not going to let them give up, you know, on what it is that they trying to accomplish. Because when you hire me, you hire me to push you. You hire me to help you, you know, go to the limits of what your body, you know, can put out. And, you know, that's what I got to do, you know, and it, it's been successful. You know, it's been it's been super successful. Uh, Cheyenne was actually who I was working out with earlier. You know, we out there it's 12, one o'clock, you know, and the sun is beaming. You know, she could have mm-hmm. been at home. Right. Could have been at the pool. She could have been relaxing you know, anywhere <laughs> relaxing. Yeah. She wanted to get out there and she wanted to work out. So, you know, I feel like any any athlete you know who can take those steps you know to say you know what i want to be better i'm gonna make sure my time is there because i know when i need situations god be there for me so Mm -hmm. you know that's that's the that's the big that's the biggest reward like even with her saying you know just thank you that said a million things in two words yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that was you know that's she could because easily she could have thought of something something anything you know to just right so right. saying she was just thank you so yes, that was, yeah that was that was nice man yes. that was that good that that just shows like you know what i mean you not you you didn't help her do a lot you know what i mean that she just always wanted to tell you thank you <laughs> yes yes uh also you know i prep our girls you know every season i have them do speeches either a speech or an interview um as you can see like her interview very fluent you know mm-hmm. well spoken yes sir no sir yes yeah. ma'am. no ma'am you know um it starts from the home you know she has a great group of parents you know her parents are awesome so you know that's a big factor too you know being mm-hmm. a parent and trusting someone you know with your child you know yeah. so i have to always make sure I'm mindful of what I'm posting, you know, what I'm doing, you know, in the public eye, because I'm not just representing myself. I'm representing them as well. And if I'm going to do that and people are going to put me in that position in their children's lives, I have to make sure I'm aligning myself with the things that are going to help them progress. So what I do is I help them with public speaking as well. And what comes of that is I have every every athlete throughout the season, um, they have to give a report on why they want to go to college, but it can't include softball. And I have them present this report in front of their team, the parents, and everything, and they have to give eye contact. Their chin has to be up. Their shoulders have to be back. And this season, I did something a little different. I was actually able to plug in with Athlete's Foot. Um, And what we did was I selected 17 of the girls with the highest GPA in the club. And Cheyenne was one of those girls. 
Um, if you get a chance, you can go on our Instagram and check it out. And um, she's been in this space before, you know, where she had to do an interview on the camera, you know, and uh, answer, you know, some of those hot seat questions, you know, and things of that nature. So that's why she was able to come off fluent like that. Right. And, you know, we just want that well-rounded athlete. So not only are we, you know, pushing the development, you know, the academics, but we're also pushing, you know, the public aspect of it in regards to, you know, public speaking, you know, how they carry themselves, you know, their posture, um, even to the point where I actually want to even get into having etiquette classes where they know which forks and stuff to use, because when they do go to college, you know, there's going to be balls that they're going to have to go to. There's going to be meetings that they're going to have to go to. I just want them to be able to wow the audience, you know, in their own form of how they represent themselves. And, you know, I do that through softball. Mm -hmm. Hey, that's, that's good. That's real different. And I was going to ask you, like, how do you, you know, how, how is your coaching style and what you do different? from other coaches, but I think you just answered that one. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. And I get that a lot. I got a lot of sayings. You know, uh, if you hear me say something like, you know, you don't eat in the attic, that means don't swing at a ball above your letters. You know, you don't eat in the basement. Ain't no dinner in the basement. That stuff, you know, below your knees. We only eating dinner in the dining room. And what it does, man, it not only – helps the batter clear their mind because you know when they get up there and bat they probably got a million things oh, going yeah, on yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. in their head you know and my whole thing is don't think react so if i could say something goofy or funny you know to help clear their mind of what's going on in their head you know and, and get a laugh out of someone who doesn't even wear our uniform Mm -hmm. I know we're out there having fun. So oh, yeah. I think that's what separates me, you know, from mm -hmm. the rest. And that's that's what is, is is that's one thing that you always have to make sure that these girls are having fun. Yes, because sir. The moment that is not fun, then it's they're done. Not gonna get that hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, if it's not fun, they're done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There you go. There you go. Another saying. <laughs> yeah, big facts, man. Those yeah. is the Coach Scott isms. We call them Coach Scott isms. <laughs> hey, that's crazy. <laughs> hey, but hey, what whatever works, right? It, it, hey, and it, it it works. You know, it it works. And um, you know, we get a variety, you know, of athletes who come out. I've gotten athletes who haven't made the cut. They, they're back at the next tryout, you know, those are things, you know, cause I, I stay humble with it. You know, this keeps me grounded too, you know, um, it, by letting me know that, man, you know, the services that we're providing has to be something that is resonating with these parents because this athlete has been to one tryout, didn't make it. And they came back, you know, that, that speaks volume, you know, and, if it's some anything that I could, you know, give a coach in that aspect, you know, always provide a service where you're going to be able to have good retention. And even if they don't play for you, you know, provide to the best of your ability a, a, a service that people will want to be a part of what it is that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like, how, how do you, like, Going into, like, the big tournaments, you know, you got the older girls 
gonna start doing the showcases and and all that like will you change practices during the week are you gonna go through the same practice routine that you you will go through for any other tournament uh same same practice that I would use like we're training on like a whole nother level you know if 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 the parents and the athlete buy into the system, you're working out every day, whether you're with me or not. Mm-hmm. Because two days, you know, due to the amount of travel teams that are in our area, we have an unfortunate situation that field availability is in abundance. Mm-hmm. You got to be working out at home. You know, if, if we're having these athletes two hours uh, for two days, that's four hours during the week. And we got them about a minimum of eight to nine hours, you know, on Saturday, which totals up to about 13 hours um, out, uh, uh, out of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to need more than that to get to the level that you're saying you're getting to. So pre- that you want to get to. So pretty much what happens at the beginning of the season uh, when we make our selections I have an email that I send out and it has links for hitting. It has links for catching. It has links for bunting. It has links for speed and agility. And it also comes with a chart. It's an alphabet chart. And on each letter, there's a specific exercise. Like say, if we go your name, Levi, we would say L that's 25 jumping jacks. E that's going to be 20 sit-ups V that's going to be, you know, a hundred calf raises, I, you know, that's going to be two minutes of planks. So you're, you're exercising via your name. And once you conquer your name, you either up the reps or you go in the dictionary, you can pick words and then you can, you know, you can finagle it how you want to finagle it. We also, you know, send out a nutritional plan. Um, And if the athlete follows this, and what we're teaching them at practice and they go home and they work at it, you start seeing this development and this confidence that is so like dynamic and magical where it's like, okay, you know, some parents might be like, Oh, you know, she ain't hitting the ball. Like I wanted her to like, she, she just not hitting it. But for me, I'm like last season, bro, she wasn't even swinging. She's swinging now. Yeah, she may not be hitting the ball like you want it, but she's foul tipping the ball, which means she's taking her bottom hand to the ball to get her closer to that arena of hitting the ball. So it's all about the perspective of what you see it from, you know. So with that, you know, that's how I get those results, man. Mm-hmm. That's hey, that's dang, that's that's good, man. You know, like you got it, you got it good. I don't know, man, you. You sound like the coach that need to be around here. <laughs> Man, I'm actually going to um, International Coaching Federation, the International Coaching Federation, uh, because I want to be able to be in position, you know, to help these girls with these scholarships, you know, the proper, you know, I don't just go out and tell them, like, I actually educate myself you know, by going to seminars, you know, talking to people who's done this on a larger scale before me, you know, people who have paved the way. And um, th- this is how I'm, I'm able to be, you know, that guiding light, 
you know, for them, like, I don't believe anybody can lead, you know, someone without being led first. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I really, you know, bosses, bosses going to sit at the round table and give out orders. You know, leaders, we going to get in the dirt with our troops, you know, and, and, and work with them, you mm-hmm. know, and get down gritty and dirty. You know, and when we out there in 90 degree weather, you know, we out there sweating with you, too, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's all about how can I help you help me, you know, and. When they buy in, you know, it's like I get a lot, you know, Coach Scott, thank you, Coach Scott, thank you. But, you know, I don't always reveal what's going on in my personal life, but I'd be just as thankful for them, you know, in those moments as they are for me because I need them just as much as they need me. So, you know, it's it's a hand-to-hand. The only difference is the age difference. Right, right. And, uh, you know, you got – you're getting the, the girls, you know, they starting to get – the you know, into the recruiting process. How do you, how, how do you, how do you guide them through, through the recruiting process to make sure, you know, cause you know, some of the ones on your team might be getting more letters than the next one. And how, and another question is how do you keep the ones focused in the head, right? If they not getting as many letters as their teammate. Um, well, a lot of our girls right now are 15, you know, going into they play up. Uh, okay. That was always pretty much my claim to fame, getting younger girls to play up and be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I always check their grades. I mm-hmm. always check their grades. I'm always, you know, asking, you know, mid-semester, you know, about three times a semester, where are your grades at? Where are your grades, you know, and checking so that will kind of decrease the chances of some kids getting more letters than the other. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's about, you know, the, the, the head and, and, and the leading aspect of it. Uh, and what I do is when they hit 14 and we actually had this conversation after TCSC, which is the coach Scott experience. Um, I sent you that link. Uh, that's more so mentor type training uh, mm-hmm. where you're able to get in skill set along with, the, the the mental aspect along with some of the educational aspect behind things such as recruiting. So I actually start educating them at 14 you to say, you know what, you're not eligible for the recruiting phase, but this is how you in contact with that school to begin the networking phase. Mm-hmm. So for example, today, uh, me and Cheyenne were talking part of our class in the session of uh, TCSE, and um, I gave her pretty much a template key to start reaching out to colleges and networking through their academics. You know, uh, find the college that you want to go to, you know, and talk to them about the academic side. So when you're eligible, they're already familiar with you. Mm-hmm. So it, it gives you that that head start when it comes to that race for that scholarship, mm-hmm. because you've already gotten personable with the, uh, with the school, the, the, the athletic side, the academic side. So now, you know, it makes the path a little bit easier. Um, right now we have the likes of Grambling. We have the likes of Savannah state. We got the likes of Fort Valley state and we got the likes of Georgia state. So, you know, we got people watching our girls right now. Okay, nice. You got the HBCUs there, huh? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, it's 
variety, you know, and we just want to what what you when you go to showcases and stuff like that, you know, you reach out to them a month or two in advance, see what their schedule is going to be like. Hey, we're going to be in this showcase. If you have some time, you know, come on out. You know, you do a little research on them, you know, see what they're like, see what they like. Everybody knows, you know, they're in it for softball. So we're not going to go in there talking about softball. Mm-hmm. Hey, we, we we know you like Snickers. We know you like Milky Way. So we bought <laughs> you a basket of Milky Way candy bars, you know, it, to, to let you know that we did our research on you personally. Mm-hmm. You know, and that gives that avenue, you know, from a marketing aspect, because they have to market themselves. You know, this is a big pot of, you know, who who is the best and well-rounded athlete that's going to help us receive the results. And what I have to do is put our girls in a situation is their marketing aspect is going to be so different than anybody else's. Their grades are going to be sharper than anybody else's that the only thing that's going to turn us away is God just not having that for us. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes, sir. Indeed, man. Like, what is your coaching style during games and how do you handle in-game adjustments and decision making? Um, Very, very fun, intense, uh, funny, you know, if I could <laughs> say it, you know, myself, um, very competitive. And, and to sum that up, I tell coaches, when you come to play my girls, you're not just coming to play my girls. You're coming to play me, too. Mm-hmm. You know, in in-game adjustments, you know, those can happen accordingly, you know, based on the dynamic of the situation, you know, and, and you know, that varies. You know, that can vary from, you know, rain to the, the weather, you know, to a, a batting team versus a, 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 a speed team. You know, it, it just depends on the situation. So, you know, when we see that, it's like the first or second round of boxing, you know, with Terrence T. Bud Crawford. I study him a lot. And one, one of the things that he does those first, second rounds, he's studying you. Mm-hmm. So he knows where to attack. So, you know, we pace ourselves out. We're up on the gate. Look, watch how, how, how many clicks it takes for that catcher you know, to release that ball. Let's, let's clock her pop time. You know, let's see how second base is moving. And I teach them, look, f- the, learn the people that you're playing against. Learn how to pick out their strengths versus their weaknesses. Now, my girls, you know, okay, at practice, we're opening up. All right, I need a ball put the right field. They know how to open up to put the ball to right field. They know how to open up to put the ball to left field, center field, in the gap. Are we successful with that all the time? Absolutely not. But the diversity that's been placed in the the the, the diversity of that athlete that's been showcased in that game allows us to make those adjustments, you know, to help give us that best chance of winning that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um so, like, you know, not saying, you know, that you have these these conflicts, but just say, you know, maybe, you know, back then you had it. How, how you handle, like, conflicts between parents and then conflicts between players? Um, great question. One thing about this is you never take nothing personal. It's mm-hmm. a business. Some people, I think, forget it's a business. And. One thing about the consumer, a consumer is always going to have feedback. 
And you have to be open to hearing that feedback because if you're standing in your picture, you can't see every brush stroke that grows in your, that goes on your picture. You got to be able to be humble enough to step on the outside to hear and see, you know, what's going on. So pretty much what I've constructed is this 48 hour rule. And it's a, it's, it's where the parents are allowed to have amnesty to display or showcase or be verbal about their concerns without having any type of consequence to themselves or any type of consequence to their athlete. And it allows them time to cool down if they're in a hot moment mm-hmm. to say, you know what? I had two days to think about this. Maybe I just overreacted because my passion for the game caused me to interact this way or react this way. Um, and it brings forward a situation where when you set that meeting up with that parent, you're being receptive to them by listening. Cause some people just want to be heard. You know, yeah. when, when a customer service rep takes a call from somebody whose cable keeps going in and out, they're not fighting back with them. They're, they're listening to the consumer and the customer and they're making the proper adjustments necessary. And I just use that same blueprint, you know, with this, you know, a lot of kids conflict come in, comes in because the coach may not be educating them on why something might be happening. For example, you have a lineup where you got nine girls. Typically, bottom of the lineup means you trash or you're not hitting the ball or all these things that have come about over the years. Uh-huh. So what happens <laughs> is I allow my girls to have a voice to ask me or the coaches, what was the strategy behind that? Now, as a coach, it's my responsibility because as a coach, we're, we're educators. People forget that you got you got to be an educator. You know, if you a leader, you educating. So what I do is I say, okay, the reason why you're at the bottom of this lineup, if you're batting eighth, is because I went one, two, three, four. Okay, your fourth is usually your cleanup, right? Yeah. But you see a lot of teams when they get to seven, eight, nine, they line up go dead. Mm-hmm. Well, what I tell my girls, I need my one, two, three, and four to be mirrored for my five, six, seven, and eight. So whoever I got in my one spot, that five spot got to mirror that one spot. That mm-hmm. two spot got to mirror that six spot. So you're not at the bottom of the lineup because you trash. you at the bottom of the lineup because we need our, one, our five through nine to mirror our one through four. Right. We need you to do the same thing as they do. As they did. Oh, okay, coach. Now I ain't got that conflict no more. Because typically that's where the conflict comes in is they just don't know. So you have to educate them so they're in the know, you know, so you don't have those problems. If it's on defense, hey, look, girls, pool play. We got three pool play games. We're going to do a rotation every two innings. You're going to get your chance to show up. You're going to get your chance to shine. When we go to bracket play, I'm going to go with that hot 9 to 10. That's done came to play through them pool games. So if you want to get in those bracket games, you got three games to do it. That's interviewing for the big job. Mm-hmm. And it works. He <laughs> said it works. It works. That's, hey, that's that's what matters as long as, long as it's working. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So how do you in- – Involve and engage parents in team activities and support like their involvement. Like how 
how much do y'all have like team quite a bit of like team bonding parties or get togethers or how do y'all do it uh we do a couple team bonding events like this uh past season um, if you go and check us out on Instagram, you'll see they did a nice photo shoot in Soul Asylum Studios. That was to bring, you know, from the sports, you know, in the constant, you know, pushing of hearing coaches say, you know, come on, hustle, or, you know, let's do this. Let's give them a relaxed time. Let's turn them on some music. You know, let's get them in their world, you know, because this is about them, you know, and let them dance, let them, you know, share those moments that are going to be memorable. A lot of people, when we go into the indoors, I've heard people say, coach, you know, they do standing around and I get it, you know, and, and I'm hearing that, but that's a time for them to bond too. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you got to make it structured, but you don't want to take away their time that they have, because if they're not bonding, they're not knowing how to be, have jail to bond as a team. So even if they may be sitting around for one or two minutes and they're talking to each other, I let them have that because they're personally getting the chance to know each other, you know, and it just so happens that when it's time to kick in and people know when Coach Scott come through, I got my whistle or my voice. Look, it's time for business. And, you know, it's just always been a, a, a structured type deal with me you know, uh, to try to get them in that, you know, best position possible to be TTG, which is trying to go. Mm-hmm. Nice, man. Like, what are, what are like, your long-term goals for your organization? Uh, to get a facility. You know, if, if, we're, if we're producing these results without a facility, uh, where I'm from in Aliquippa, man, you know, my cousin is the head coach of the Aliquippa Quips. Uh, three ch- three state championships in the past four years, we ain't even have a home field. You know, we had to go, you know, to other people's fields. You know, we had a small gym. You know, we didn't have the state-of-the-art equipment. You know, just a heel, dedication, commitment. If I can get these young ladies winning like they're winning now without the indoor facilities – without the state-of-the-art equipment, but just pure drive. Alaquip is a single-A school competing on a quad-A level in football. I'm teaching my girls to be the same way. We could have a bare minimum, but we're going we gonna to export the greatest assets and skill sets that we have, you know, to get to where we're going. So I'm out here fighting to get them an indoor facility, a place where they can come and they can study a place where they can come and they can work on their craft, a place where they can come and just have that getaway, you know, where they can just, you know, be in a space where they don't have to feel danger, where they don't have to feel threatened, you know, and where we going to keep it spiritual at the same time. That's my long-term goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's good. That's one thing you need, you know, to make sure these girls are safe while they out there doing what they love to do. Correct. Because everybody just don't have them at best interest. You know, you you might have some people who 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 just see their skill set, you know, and they could be fast. They could have a big bat, but, you know, they don't know where to throw the ball. You know, you 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 throw out there throwing the ball. But if somebody jacks the ball to right field, 
and, and it bounces in front of them, are you throwing the ball to third base or are you throwing the ball to second base? Are you hitting your cutoff? Which one are you doing? You know, you got to you gotta be able to put them into a position as to where I believe if you're going to get on an athlete, you better have steal that athlete with the knowledge that they needed to have on what you're getting on them about. If you, if you, if you haven't trained them on something, you shouldn't be getting on them about it. Right. Yeah. No, that's a 100% the truth right there. And you can't complain about the house being wrong. If you done gave her a, a, a flathead screwdriver that record that, that required a, 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 a Phillips screwdriver. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's maybe that's why they making them where you can use either one now. <laughs> <laughs> you, you never know, man. Hey, that's you know, but hey, nah, but but yeah, man, that's 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 right. You know, you got to make sure you're doing the right thing, man. Yes, sir. Yeah, buddy, man. And that's 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 like me, like with the podcast. You know, like you know, just some on me. Like I, I never was into the sport. Never was into softball. I played baseball when I was younger, but I never liked it growing up. And then my daughter, my oldest one, she at three, she picked her nephew. My nephew was playing baseball and she just like always wanted to play catch with him. And I'm like, no, like, please, like, just don't pick this. And <laughs> after that, and she was like, I want to play. I want to play. And yeah, she started playing with the boys at three. And then oh, wow. it was just, yeah, it was, it was no, no turning back after that, man. She played freaking eight U. She started at five and played like eight U forever. I oh. thought I was, I would never go to the next. <laughs> you know, but yeah, now, now she made a, a national team on the national oh, Nice, man. Nice. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, but she played with the Bombers and, and all that good okay. stuff too. Yeah, they're so, here. They're here yeah. too. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, that's that. Yeah, they we like right here in in Bama, Bama Nation right here. It's they everything that goes on right here in San Antonio, pretty much. Yes, that's where I did uh, my my training, and I was at Lackland Air Force Base. Oh yeah, about twenty minutes from me. Yeah, <laughs> yep. I I was down there. You know that that's pretty cool. I about also. Gotten a chance to play teams from Texas, you know. Uh, y'all do, y'all. Y'all are big with the bats. You know, y'all got pretty good speed out there too, you know. But I know when you start getting towards like Texas, when we would play teams from Texas, California, you know, Las Vegas, uh, pretty much, you know, that Midwest and out west, mm -hmm. man, y'all got some solid bats out there. Man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's one thing they do be hitting that ball. <laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all got some solid out there. So, you know that 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 was always. I, I love going to these national championships. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in World Series, you know, to get a chance to see, you know, what what's outside of the local market. You know, we also send girls to like S thirty. Have you ever heard of Select Thirty? No, no, -uh, I haven't. Heard uh, of it's through U Triple S A. Uh, check okay. it out. You know, when you get it, when you get a chance, you know, you could go on YouTube, you can Google it. But what it is, is it's these these it's a it's a, a, a special event that's comprised of some of the top athletes from across the nation or across the re from across the region. And uh, pretty much they go down there. 
You know, they they time them in the uh, the 60 yard dash. They time them around the world, you know, like around the horn. Mm-hmm. They get their exit velocity on swinging. They get their overhand velocity on throwing. And then they they put together a tournament, you know, with the athletes from different places on each other's team. And uh, at the end, they select 30 of the sharpest girls that was at that combine. And if they're available, you know, they get to travel across the nation playing different girls wearing the U-Triple-S-A, you know, uh, uniform. And also, you know, they have the USA tryouts out here where, you know, they come out to Hobgood Park out in Marietta. You know, you get girls from Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, and they come down and, and they're competing for the same type of, you know, situation. The uh, Select 30, it is one in Texas. It's one out in uh, Las Vegas. I had two girl, two of my girls go out to Las Vegas, and I had five that I sent uh, last season down to Orlando. If you go on our page on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, you will see some of the girls with their S30 shirts on. So, you know, I just try to subject them to different types of, you know, environments, you know, mm-hmm. softball because it helps with their confidence. It helps them see, you know, what they're going to be going up against when it comes to scholarships and things of that nature. And when they come back, I just tell them, I'm like, man, you done played against girls from across the nation. You local yeah. now. You need to be. No, yeah. I need the I need the ESPN highlights. You got to come out <laughs> here. And, you know, don't overcompensate, but play your game, you know, be smooth and be fast, you know, and, yeah. and it's going to come. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, man. So, like, what's, what's, some, what's some good uh, – feedback that you would give some good advice you would give uh, um just a kid coming up in the select world uh advice i would give them you know first you know always respect your mother and father you know of course you know keep god first you know that is i'm super big on that you know work out every single day you know is this something that's going to have an end goal for you and if so this is what it's going to take to get there you know, it's going to get hard. It's going to get challenging, you know, but anything that comes easy is not worth having. So, you know, in the moments where you're facing adversity, you stand on that front line and you can continue and you continue to be the best and get the best that you got, no matter how difficult or how, how that mountain may be. Now, now what's some, what's some good advice you would give your younger self? Um, Stay disciplined, you know, not not get distracted, not try to fit in with the in crowd. Don't worry about, you know, being accepted, you know, do what it is that, you know, your brain has told you to do, you know, through the powers of God and, and just do it, you know, see it through. You know, I really didn't start getting like that until, you know, these young ladies were put in my life and I knew. I couldn't tell them to do something that I wasn't doing. You know, uh, my mom always had a saying, you know, if you lead by example, you ain't got to set many rules, you know. So that would be something that I would tell my younger self, you know, if I could be on one of those holograms that Drake just did with his younger self. <laughs> I'd be like, man, you stay focused out here. <laughs> yeah, right. For me, right. You stay focused out here, man. You know, um, and, and who knows, you know, could I have, you know, probably got to the NFL, maybe, you know, could I have gotten to the MLB? 
you know, maybe. But, you know, for me right now, I just want to make sure I'm in a kid's corner, you know, to keep them pushing so, you know, they don't have that maybe, you know, when they doing this interview with somebody, you know, 20 years down the line from now. Right, right. Man, you know, like getting getting down, you know, to the end, and this kind of how I kind of keep my my podcast rolling. Yes, sir. Question right here, man, is is who would you like to hear on the podcast? But your answer, you would you need to help me get your answer. Okay. Um, who would I like to hear on the podcast? professional or within the local market or and what i mean whatever like who who you think would would agree let's say that like would agree to be on the podcast i, I mean, would I, I would like to try to keep it you know in the in the youth part but i mean if they professional they coach youth you know something like that that'll work yeah absolutely um eddie phelps Eddie, hold on. Let me get Eddie's last name. Let me see. Eddie Phelps. This dude is the owner of the baseball side of GBSA. Uh, he's the founder. Um, he's put a lot of people through Division One baseball. Um his his he's made ESPN. Uh, he's been recognized by ESPN. Um, he has a lot to do with a lot of the HBCU, you know, boys, you know, getting those shots, you know, whether it be farm league or MLB. Mm -hmm. um, he's very in tune with both sides, you know, of the game from baseball to softball. And just a very vocal, you know, coach, you know, that I think, you know, could give some great advice, you know, on coaches who are looking to come into this world via mm -hmm. baseball or softball and athletes, you know, who are looking to be that pinnacle, you know, of what it takes, you know, to get recognized from high level, you know, collegiate teams. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, that's okay. Well, hopefully we can make it happen. Should be a good one right there, like this one was. One of the first, I want to give a shout out to Ryan, Ryan Moore, and he the one you know reached out and he told me this would be a good one, and and he wasn't lying. He Thank wasn't you. lying, you know. Like a lot, I learned something new just listening to to your podcast. You know, just Thank how, you. how to take different aspects of the game and and switch it up a little bit. You know, so that's that's a big, you know, I would just, just want to thank you again for being on the podcast. You know, might have took us a little while. Things happen. Hey, life happens. That's how I yes. like it. Yes, like it, it was the life. anticipation for the build up. Yes, yes, you know, but <laughs> hey, it, it, it got done and this is going to be one of them good ones. So I want to thank you for your time. And Cheyenne, I want to thank you. Thank you for your time. And I, I really appreciate you for you being on thank the podcast. Uh, thank you for having us. Uh, anybody who's listening, please follow us on Instagram at Phoenix underscore fire underscore softball. 
Uh, we are on Facebook. It's Phoenix Fire Softball. Our email, Phoenix Fire Travel Softball GA at gmail.com. If you have any questions or anything like that, please feel free to reach out. I also like to give a major shout out to Ryan Moore, you mm-hmm. know, who introduced me to the podcast. And, you know, thank you to Levi, you know, and our athlete, Cheyenne Jenkins, uh, shortstop utility player, you know, for joining us and, uh, you know, displaying her high level of professionalism on the podcast is a young athlete. So, you know, thank you. Many blessings, Levi. Oh, yeah. Thank both of y'all. Thank both of y'all. Appreciate y'all. For sure. All right. All right. Take thank care, you, y'all. All right. All right. All right. Peace. I thank my boy, Mike Estrada, for getting the logo right. So all my small business owners, if y'all need some logos, Y'all hit up my boy Mike, man. I'll let my boy Thomas. He's still out here getting them kids right. So y'all speed and agility. Y'all need to hit him up. He got some quality work. My boy Jeremy with the tent. Go follow his page on Facebook. GTZ Window Tent. And and hit him up, man. Y'all get them appointments in. Levi's Reads and more. Let the wife get them doors looking good. You know them doors might be naked, so go ahead and let her get y'all right. Levi's mobile detailing just a call away from getting them cars to looking brand new again. So y'all hit us up and we ready to get some work in, all of us.